I am excited about today's episode. This is another retrospective of sorts. It's actually an episode that I created last year, but had made a decision not to post at the time. And there were a few different reasons for that. I had completed the first round of my interview with Ross, where he talked about his own journey and issues with relapse that you can hear back on his episode last season. There was a second part of that interview that talked in pretty great detail about how the two of us met and built our relationship through recovery. At the time, I was in the process of moving to Utah. We had been having a long-distance relationship. We had a lot ahead of us in terms of looking at integration of our lives and making sure that obviously this was going to be a good fit, although we felt pretty confident at the time. There was still a lot of unknown. I posted the episode part two about Ross, and then I pulled it down very quickly. And there was a couple of things that led to that. The first one was reservations that I had around not wanting to feel like this bond that we were beginning to form and this relationship that we were building, that I was exploiting it in any way. It just felt maybe a little too fresh to go there. And so I wanted to kind of keep this one just for us for a while until we knew where things were. That's just what sort of felt like the appropriate sacred thing to do at that time. The other reason has to do with the 13th step. And so for anyone who is in recovery, you may be aware of this unofficial 13th step that is associated with the AA program, which has to do with the predatory environment that can exist in AA, particularly between newly sober people and people in long-term recovery, who essentially are leveraging that system and the vulnerability of those newly sober people to potentially benefit in some sort of relational capacity. When I first heard the description of the term, I got very anxious that because of Ross and I's relationship, that I was a 13th stepper, since I am technically the one who initiated the first conversation. In both of our cases, we had some sustained sobriety under our belt. Our lives were in a position to be able to handle a relationship prior to actually starting to date Ross, I had done quite a bit of work related to my issues with relationships and intimacy. And I had taken a really extended time off from any sort of dating. Ross was in a place of just starting to date as well. And we were obviously highly consenting adults. That said, it it is often suggested that early recovery is not a time to engage in a new relationship. And I will say that I agree with that. As we continue to dig into this season and the topics in this season, and I'm making regular comparisons to earlier recovery experiences and what's happening for me now, it's impossible to do this without the context of my relationship. And so I thought the timing was right based on last week's episode where you heard Ross and I discuss our connection through music. It seemed like the right time to go ahead and get this portion of our discussion from summer of 2021 posted and out to you. We talk about how we met and what it was like dating and recovery. And Um, there's a lot of, I hope you enjoy it. Are you moving a lot? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I was practicing karate. Do you think that maybe for the purposes of the podcast that you could stop? I guess, but uh, it's kind of like asking me not to breathe. Are you hitting your microphone? That's that's what I'm saying. It could be on my shirt. Okay, try to take your shirt off. I'll take my shirt off. I want to know what happens. Mm-hmm. See How's that? How does that feel any better? Oh my god. It is better. Well, I knew it. Are you still doing karate? Yeah. Okay. Are the blinds closed? Mm, no, they're fully open. Oh, cool. This is for this is for everybody. This is for the world to see. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're not scared. No, I want them to see my skills. I happen to be moving to the state that Ross lives in, and I asked him to go over to the apartment that I'm hoping to move into because I found out that I got it and he had just been backpacking and he went, oh, and dealing with plumbing issues. So he's probably covered in a little bit of sewage. Is that right? A little bit of everything. Yeah, right. And this particular apartment, it's on the bottom floor, but there are tinted windows and (laughs) Ross was checking out the patio scoping this place out. I'd put down my down payment. So like, as far as I'm concerned, this is where I'm going to live. And Ross suddenly hears the door open. And again, let's paint the picture. There's pro- was there like mud on your face? Like, and definitely, definitely looked like you had come out of a hole. Yes. Definitely. So I had not showered in probably four days. My hair was in like 15 different directions. I had on pants that were basically black covered in God knows what. And I, and just to take it back a little bit. So I've got Deanne on FaceTime. And so I'm, walking around this apartment and showing her on Facebook what the patio looks like and what the back door looks like. And as I'm sitting there filming this patio, the person who is still residing in the patio steps out and sees this person who definitely looks like they just crawled out of a train car was standing there filming their back patio. And it's one of those moments where all I can really do is freeze and try you hung to, up on me, which I is probably appropriate. <laughs> I would assume so. I, I really went into like full on panic mode of like, oh, how the hell am I going to explain what is going on here? <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if I were this guy and I saw this dude covered in shit standing outside my (laughs) patio with his phone, I would have been a little bit freaked out. So I can't blame him at all. It was, it was all me, but uh, luckily we worked it all out. And then after we words, we hugged it out. Yeah. Everybody's cool. Everybody's Mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm.
Ross and I have known each other for 16 months, 17, I don't know, like March of COVID, right? Right. The beginning yeah. of COVID. So since the beginning exactly. of COVID, um, we both were in long-term recovery and actually did our treatment at the same facility. And um, that particular facility, because of COVID, put together an alumni group online. Normally, the alumni group would have been happening in our state. But because of that, I received an email saying that I should attend this alumni group. And I would not have normally done it because I was in Denver. I had relocated. And I decided that I would because for, I haven't talked about it a lot, but the, but COVID was, you know, just a very introspective time for me. And I put a lot of time and effort into my recovery because I was, you know, fairly isolated. And so groups like this, as you know, this online group, as well as several others that were really impactful for me have really been game changers for, for my recovery track. But um, anyway, I hopped onto this meeting and I'm pretty sure you were on the first one that I attended. Um, yeah, you were. I believe so. Yeah, I, I remember. remember. I remember the introduction of Deanne. Ah, yeah. And there were uh, like three or four other people on there with us as well. And um, it was a weekly meeting and I continued to participate. We both, I, I think both of us were pretty regulars in the meeting um, for several months. Um, and then there was a big gap. Um, it stopped for like a couple of months in the summer and then it regrouped again in the fall and we both hopped back on and a couple of meetings in because there had been this long hiatus, Ross said, Hey, Deanne, are you on the group chat that we have for this uh, particular meeting? And I said, no, but Ross, here's my phone number. Why don't you text me about this group chat? Smooth. It was super smooth. And honestly, I don't really give a shit what anyone what anyone's opinion is about people meeting in recovery. This is like way past the point of that. I mean, I do think that, okay, I'm not going to get into that, but you know, some nice casual conversation from there. Um, I was fascinated to learn that Ross really wasn't much of a texture. Well, or if he was, <laughs> <laughs> really, really long texts, like so long, like these texts that would go like one of one, wait, no, sorry. It'd go like one of five, two of five. <laughs> and then, and then when I had time, I would, re I, when I had the time, I would reply and I'd go back and I'd look through every question and make sure I addressed it. So then like my responses were like one of five, two of five. And <laughs> I mean, this is true, right? No, absolutely. <laughs> I thought that the way that you texted was just like if you were having a conversation. <laughs> that was how, that's how I thought texting went. 
And so I would, I would just say everything that was on my mind and this whole getting to know you process in one text. I loved it. And then I sit back and wait three hours (laughs) for a response to my 18 page text. (laughs) So we texted for a week and then we had our next meeting and then i think we talked after that right we set up and believe so yes and that was sometime in september of last year and since then we have talked to each other via zoom pretty much every single day with the exception of a few days that we didn't um (laughs) for different reasons I could get into all of those and I'm giving way more detail than is going to go on our podcast, but I just think that it's fun to tell this story. So I'm just telling it in its entirety. So now I'm going to turn it over to you because I want you to talk about how you feel about Zoom, what it was like kind of having a relationship bud out of Zoom and... Well, now I'm going to say all the really beautiful and positive things that come out of recovery and, and kind of the idea of now what, what recovery looks like and can look like and, and what it actually is meant to me. And the, when we first, when they first told me that we were going to be doing our, alumni groups or recovery groups and zoom i had never even heard of zoom before i had no idea what the hell a zoom even was then once you and i started being able to communicate through this it was really became this thing that has created probably the most beautiful thing I've ever had in my life where I was able to actually communicate with somebody and engage in a way that felt real and personal. And we could actually show vulnerability and engage with each other where we're just staring at each other's faces for hours on end. And I think we crammed three years of getting to know each other into about six months because we just sat there and were engaged this whole time. And, and now I'm such a believer in zoom and, and how impactful it was for me. that I'm going to get a zoom tattoo on my chest. <laughs> oh my God. I think zoom's doing okay though, baby. I don't think they need any, any more publicity. I definitely agree with you on the skepticism, but then, you know, kind of the believer piece. And, and I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's really like important to note. It's just very rare in life that we do sit and closely stare at each other in a way, like you and I have always been really good about it too, where when we're on, we're on, we're looking at each other and we are communicating with each other. There's not, we multitask sometimes when, you know, when duty calls, but like typically speaking, 
this is really focused time. And we go and we live our lives and then we come together and we share about what our day was in a way that, you know, it's just a level of intimacy that I've never had in my life before. And it's crazy to me to think of how much has happened over technology. Now, just so that people know we have actually met in person as well, just one time. No, (laughs) a lot of times, (laughs) many, many times. Um, But we, but there is, it's this funny thing because there are times where I have like said this to you, it, it is a little bit jarring you know, to go from 2D to 3D. And when we get into 3D, and I'm so used to it now, but at very first, it was, we had become, you know, so kind of connected that way that it was like an adjustment. And the interesting thing for me was um, that there are times like when we are together, that when you like do certain things, you remind me of the like the 2D version of you that I got to know on Zoom. It's super weird. It's like, you're, it's like, oh, it's like a paper doll or something. But like, I, it's crazy. I will have so much affection for this last year of our lives, as hard as it has been to, you know, kind of develop a relationship long distance. I also, I'm going to cry. I mean, it's kind of, maybe because it's coming to an end a little bit. It's like the next phase of this. and. You know, for me, I think, and I've said this to you, but I think it's worth noting that I can't think of a time in my life that I didn't have something run its course um, to the point of absolute, like run when I when I wasn't so just overly and unhealth healthily attached to something that I let it just run itself into the ground and become so miserable that all I wanted to do was run. Instead, I'm actually like in a situation in my life where everything has positives to it, where it all has things that are good and bad and that I'm so excited about this next phase and coming back home but I also have this like beautiful experience that I just had that I'm actually sad to leave. And you're a part of it. You're a part of it in the way that you have been, you know, my like Zoom partner and the person who like supported every day for me in a way that is just, I, I it's just amazing. But um, now I would like to say a few things to you. I didn't write any of these down, but I hope, but it should come pretty naturally to me. First of all, I just want to speak to the human being that I see, um, whether in 2D or 3D. And first of all, again, you know, the depth of the story that you just shared, it, it doesn't even begin though to speak about this amazing interesting, nuanced human being that all of these difficult situations have created. And I see it and it's beautiful. And it starts with the fact that you have so many layers to who you are from your interests. Um, This is like a human being who is creative and artful and also incredibly caring, um, incredibly just, I I haven't ever experienced somebody who 
really genuinely loves the process of taking care of his people and and making sure that they are happy and comfortable and loving what they're doing. And then seeing you take joy in that. I just think it's just this beautiful quality. Um, you are an amazing dad. You are wise. You are pragmatic. You work hard. You have an amazing work ethic. You are talented. You make me feel seen more than any other human being that I've met in my life. And you listen to me and you respond to the things that I say with a level of, in, of, of, in, uh, with a level of, you know, connection that make me feel like I can do bigger things that help that have really like genuinely helped me rebuild my own self-regard because it absolutely was in the trash can and it still is sometimes. Um, and you provide this voice of just reminding me of who I am and that I'm okay. And I haven't ever had that. I ever, um, I have always felt very alone. So it's kind of amazing. Holy shit, baby. You're going to make me cry. I'm so touched by that. You just pull me in and touch my heart in so many ways. And God, you're a wordsmith, baby. I love it. Um, but well, wait, can really quick. You're a woodworker and I'm a word worker. Word worker. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Ross came up with that one. Mm -hmm. I love that Boom. one. Boom. Yeah. Word worker. I love your words. And they, it, it's, it is a person who is not always great with words. You have impacted me in so many ways in the last year that are indescribable in the way that they have ultimately made me want to be the best version of me that I can be. And not only for myself, but to include you in it. And I, I just, it's so amazing to feel seen and then also to be able to see you in the light that I do. And just can't even describe it. You're just an amazing person, and yeah, I'm so thankful for you. To donate, please follow the link in the show notes or visit our website at showupandstay.org. If you're interested in collaboration or being a guest on the show, please send an email to info at showupandstay.org. Original music created and produced by the wickedly talented Katie Hare.